it gets better. Or is that just another big lie? I'm John McMullen. We'll talk about that on the John McMullen Show presented by El Portal Mexican Restaurant in Cathedral City next. Doggone, it's hot out, summer has arrived in the desert, and who feels like slaving over a stove during these dog days? I know I don't. Hey, it's John McMullen. Why not be a hero and give mom or yourself a break tonight and take the family out for awesome, authentic Mexican cuisine? While food prices are up, your friends at El Portal haven't spiked their prices like many Coachella Valley restaurants. What's more, there are still value specials several nights a week like Taco Tuesdays and Buy One Get One Entrees on Wednesdays. Days, El Portal also has the most affordable adult beverages in the West Coachella Valley every day. Victor Lupercio and his team share their great customer service and tasty dishes all made from family recipes. Serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, El Portal is open daily from 9.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. and located a block south of Ramon Road on the corner of Date Palm and Via Oliveira in Cathedral City. Or visit online, eat at elportal.com. Hey, thanks for checking in. It's been a while. John here, and I've got to tell you that if you're one of the tens of millions of people across the United States feeling like life has kicked you where it inflicts the most pain, you know where that is. I absolutely share in that pain with you. I wake up almost every day, and although I've never felt the need before, I want to reach for a bottle. Eh, Wait a sec, screw that. More like an IV trip of Xanax. And having lost one of my besties to opiate and benzo addiction in the last couple of years, please know that that's not something I generally kid about. But the anxiety, it's on overload. Between the pandemic that we still haven't fully cleared the hurdles of and the stranglehold that every conspiracy lunatic who's clearly on hallucinogens is spewing about the sky being as orange as our last president, I'm not sure if we have been kidnapped and transported to Earth 2 or what. It wasn't that many years ago, I remember, when we were trying to convince gay kids that it gets better and not to hit the panic button and end their lives. Was that the right move? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that ending one's life is ever the right thing to do. But come on, does it really get better? I mean, now I'm starting to think that that competes with Donald Trump's claim that he won the election in 2020 for the title of The Big Lie. You know, I used to have this sign up in my office that declared, it is what it is. That was a statement that pretty much reflected where I was in my assessment of life at that time. This is back when we were just entering the year 2010. Another dozen years later, here we are today, and I'm truly, absolutely freaked out about what lie ahead. Life's never been normal, whatever the hell normal is. I mean, today we seem shocked by this constant gun violence. Why? Two months after I entered the world, in 1963, our president was shot in the head. Another bullet was destined four and a half years after JFK's assassination for civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. Another two months and John Kennedy's little brother Bobby was shot and killed on the campaign trail. Just two months before I graduated from high school, another would-be assassin tried to kill Ronald Reagan just a few months after he took office. Well, turns out that that may not have been such a bad score since he emptied mental hospitals onto the streets and refused to address the AIDS pandemic until the 11th hour of his administration, by which time 50,000 Americans had died from the so-called gay cancer. 
That includes many of my friends and even some of Reagan's. I was 10 years old when unlawful and scandalous behavior drove Richard Nixon from the presidency, and there were wars. The Cold War that taught us that the USSR was bad, very, very bad, and the bloody war that we had been engaged in from the time I was born through my 10th birthday, that taking place in Vietnam. Yet through all these horrendous events, with many more brewing in different degrees, pitting Americans versus Americans through culture wars and class warfare, people kept saying, in one way or another, it gets better. We're evolving as a society, man, don't you know? One step forward and an occasional two temporary steps back. Uh-huh, right. Oh, man, there was also the religious zealot wars being fought far and near. The gluttony that went off the charts by the middle to late 1990s with the dot-com boom. Then bust. Then 9-11. There was more tug-of-war for philosophical control of the Supreme Court, which we were sure was going to get better, maybe as good as it gets, with more progressives voting than ever, and surely elections would have consequences for the repressive right-wingers who really only cared about the three Gs, God, guns, and greed. But the courts continued to swing right, and the frequent losing score we came to be familiar with was 5-4, to four, now 6-3. to three. Unbelievable. Our nation had become so effed up under a W who did a better job of choking on pretzels in the West Wing than he did getting in step with the majority of Americans, it was pretty clear that we were headed for a real change and the tide would have to turn. And we did. We elected the first black president. We had hope again, a place that we'd learned about from a guy who liked tasting a slick cigar with a young intern in the Oval Office. With Obama, it was different, for sure, having a relationship for eight years with a dude who played basketball, liked surf, had a sense of humor, could read something more substantial than My Little Pony, and had absolutely zero incidents with illegal activities or infidelities while he stood watch for our country. But it wasn't perfect because, after all, he was still black in a nation that was still far too racist despite that second paragraph of the first article from the Declaration of Independence signed some 246 years ago. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and, are you ready for this, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, so long as you're white, male, Christian, and, I don't know, heterosexual. And then proof that America had lost its freaking mind. Maybe it was a United Colors of Benetton thing. But we went from smart black to incompetent orange. The people decided, hey, it's never happened in our lifetime, so let's take another new approach and try being led by a carnival barker whose inspiration was con man Roy Cohn. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, reality show goofball, and the only person in America to lose money operating casinos, Donald J. Trump. Just a week before this dunce was inaugurated, I was standing at NBC's Studio 3A at Rockefeller Center in New York with my gal pal Rachel Maddow. She'd been the most dogged commentator on television leading up to his hostile takeover of America, and I remember saying to her, you don't think he's really going to be that bad, do you? I mean, like, the campaign was one thing, but now that the clown is the ringleader, he'll bring adults to the room to do the grown-up work, right? She looked at me with a dead serious expression and said, Are you fucking kidding me? This guy can blow up the planet in four minutes. 
Did it even take that long? It gets better. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullpucky. Have all the ill will towards Hillary Clinton that you want, but she didn't lie to us. She told us how critical control of those black robes behind the Capitol building would be and that this term would be more pivotal than any before it. She was right. But the Bernie wankers sat home on their hands, unable to vote for Clinton because she wasn't promising to grow money instead of cherry blossoms on those trees surrounding the biggest dick in Washington, George's Monument. Not sure about you, friend, but even as a gay dude who lived to see the Supreme Court make reproductive rights constitutionally protected and the right to marry the person, regardless of gender, who you love and want to take care of for the rest of your life, and state and federal courts who made it possible for responsible adults to foster and adopt children, regardless of their sexual orientation, and protecting persons from employment discrimination, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity, and providing stiffer penalties for people who harm others because of their immutable human traits, and on and on. To know that as we approach the quarter mark of the 21st century, as the un-American behavior of a loud minority of brainwashed and delusional miscreants now erase all the progress we've made, and as the rest of the industrialized world looks on shaking its head and waving its finger in shame, I can only say now that it doesn't get better. And you know why? It's because we have let the mind benders from Earth 2 invade and we thought that we could use logic and act civilized, ultimately prevailing with that good beats evil crap. But now there are a hundred million more firearms in America than there are people. The gun is mightier than the brain. There are maggots who have transformed themselves to look like human beings, and they have usurped the power of the people and caused complete and utter chaos in our once semi-polite society. Is it too late to fight back? Should we fight back? Will every single day end with a death toll on television like it's Vietnam or Afghanistan or Iraq or Al-Qaeda or COVID-19? or Earth-1 swallowed by Earth-2. As my friend Joel often ends his social missives, you can't fix stupid. And that's unfortunately what we're dealing with now. Should states like Washington, Oregon, California, and Nevada, with their booming economies, secede and become the nation of West Coast Landia, or perhaps become annexed as part of British Columbia, Canada? How about a similar option for New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Vermont? Perhaps they become annexed to Ontario, Canada. Look, Canada isn't perfect, but it's a hell of a lot more respectful of individual liberty than the whole of the U.S. of A. What would those suck-off-the-teat states like Kentucky, West Virginia, Florida, Arizona, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, and Tennessee, what would they do without California and New York funneling all their welfare funds out of the pockets of coastal taxpayers? Yeah, just what I thought. They'd choke. It's time for the new resistance, a truly courageous resistance. There is no more time to sit on your hands or just stomp your feet. Your action is needed and it's needed everywhere because eligible registered voters must vote. If you thought Trump was bad, just wait for more incompetent and absurdly unqualified candidates like Ron DeSantis, Craig Abbott, and God forbid, Marjorie Taylor Greene to further destroy democracy and make America corrupt again. 
This episode should end on an up note after all that doom and gloom, right? Right. So if you didn't see the seventh installment of the January 6th hearings on July 12th, it was amazing. Emphasis on the zing. The former president will be the first to end up in prison. That's my progressive prognostication. His goose is cooked. A brilliant job by the committee and particularly by Vice Chair Liz Cheney, who dropped a bomb at the very closing moments when she sent Orange Fulius word that they knew that he had tried to influence a witness in the past week. And member Jamie Raskin of Maryland, who himself is a brilliant truth-teller and litigator and has wrapped up a case for the Justice Department and delivered it to Merrick Garland with a beautiful bow on the package. The fight ain't over. You've got to get involved, though. You can't sit on your hands. And we don't have any time left because we have a big election that will steer this country for generations to come, coming up this November. The John McMullen Show, presented by El Portal Mexican Restaurant in Cathedral City. Eat at elportal.com. <laughs>